Hi listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. And in this week's episode, I'm going to tell you about one of Australia's most unusual deaths. This is the story of the mysterious death of Phoebe Hanschuk. Phoebe was born on May 9th, 1986, and she grew up in Richmond, which is the inner suburb of Melbourne, Australia. And from what I read during my research, it sounded to me like Phoebe was a pretty active child, which, you know, all children tend to be. But I read that Phoebe liked to climb up the roof of her house and stare up at the sky. She just seemed like she had a very normal childhood. But by the time she got to be 14 years old, so her teenage years, I read in an article named What Really Happened to Phoebe Hanschuk by Robert Hardy. They quoted Phoebe's grandmother, Janet Campbell, saying that Phoebe was quite hormonal, romantic, intuitive, and very sensitive, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> that sounds like all teenage girls, That seems about right? normal, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, once again, it seemed like at 14 years old, Phoebe had a pretty normal childhood until she turned 15 years old. When Phoebe turned 15, she started to experiment with drugs like speed, ecstasy, and marijuana. And she also started experimenting with alcohol. And eventually, Phoebe would end up running away from home. So, for eight weeks, Phoebe lived with an ex-prisoner the ex-prisoner's partner, and their baby. Are you kidding? <laughs> so normal life, then all of a sudden, turns 15 and completely mm-hmm. She different. starts, yeah, she starts, you know, experimenting with drugs, hanging out with the wrong crowd, and this is where it all begins, you know? Yeah. So after those eight weeks, Phoebe would return home, but it seemed like Phoebe's life started to take a downward spiral. Phoebe's downward spiral starts to happen at the same time that her parents' marriage start to fall apart. And it was said that Phoebe started to date older men. And I even read that when Phoebe was 16, she started dating a teacher that was twice her age. Oh, wow. Now, I don't know if that was her teacher, but it just said a teacher. <laughs> I mean, regardless, that's a big age difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At 23 years old, Phoebe got a job at Lily Godfrey's hair salon as a receptionist. And while working at the hair salon, she met Anthony Hamphill. Anthony was a regular customer at the hair salon. Anthony was an events promoter, handsome, smart, and had glamorous friends. Um, Anthony came from a wealthy family. So he's the son of a retired Supreme Court judge, George Hample, and the stepson of serving county court judge, Felicity Hample. So by 2009, Phoebe and Anthony would start to date. And Anthony was almost 40 years old, and Phoebe was 23. So another older guy. Mm -hmm. But age didn't slow things down for the couple. The two had only been dating for five months when Phoebe moved into her boyfriend's luxury apartment building in Melbourne. The couple had been described as being an odd couple, okay? Hmm. How so? So Phoebe was known to be this vibracious, full of energy, young woman that loved to be in jeans and a t-shirt and Phoebe was the type of woman that loved painting and didn't mind a cluttered space 
Okay. I'm saying that's pretty the opposite of him? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony was described as always being a, at social events, which, you know, to me it seems pretty normal seeing how, you know, his job was to be a socialite. Right. But it was also known that Anthony liked to have his apartment in order. Like, so much in order that people would say that it looked like nobody lived there. Hmm, like a staged apartment or something? Mm-hmm, like everything had its place, yeah, you know? right. So, by this time, Phoebe had fallen into this depression. And she was also known to have a drinking problem, which she never got over. Which, you know, stemmed from her social insecurities and anxiety. So it was known that Phoebe used alcohol to deal with all that anxiety and those social insecurities that she had. Mm -hmm. So it's known that Phoebe and Anthony's relationship wasn't perfect. In fact, it might have been tumultuous, seeing how she had broken up with Anthony four times prior to leading to her tragic death, okay? Yeah, so it wasn't all, you know, butterflies and roses. Okay, so the Valencia apartment complex is this luxurious 23-floor building. And like all big buildings, this one happened to have trash chutes on every floor. Okay, so on December 2nd, 2010, the concierge at the Valencia apartment complex was looking for a broom when she tried opening the trash chute room. Only the door wouldn't open. Uh It wasn't until she pushed the door open with her body she discovered the body of now 24-year-old Phoebe Hanshuk. Oh, wow. That turned quickly. Mm-hmm. So Phoebe had somehow managed to climb into this small trash chute and fallen 12 floors down feet first to her death. Wow. But the fall isn't what killed her, though, okay? So she still survived at that she point. She survived the fall. But Phoebe ended up bleeding to death due to the trash compactor blade nearly severing her right foot. And I read during my research that her foot remained attached only by a tendon. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. I know. So I also read that when her body was found, though, that they found blood on the floor, walls, and on the door of the room. So it was obvious that even though she was badly hurt, she was trying to crawl out of the room so it seemed like obviously she couldn't stand up so she was like trying to reach for the handle door to get help from the bottom of the trash chute right yeah like this is now on the on the first floor so it's like the trash chute room where like all the trash goes to sounds horrible Mm -hmm. so when police officers arrive at the scene They closed off the scene and wouldn't allow the paramedics into the room where Phoebe was in. So it says that one paramedic that was there at the scene, that they didn't even, they weren't even able to check if Phoebe was warm or cold. Why? That's really weird. Isn't it? Yeah. So maybe, like just maybe when paramedics got there, there could have been a a possibility that she might have still been alive but police officers wouldn't allow paramedics in to check on her okay yeah isn't that, that so sounds really bizarre yeah yeah so they had no idea i'm guessing also because of that they had maybe there's no evidence of how long she was alive before she actually died yeah because like i said nobody nobody was touching her so that's awful it is 
So on that day, Phoebe's boyfriend, Anthony, had left for work that morning. And he stated that when he left, that Phoebe was still sleeping due to her recovering from a heavy night of drinking. Anthony stated to police officers that he got home at 6.09 p.m. Police officers were able to confirm that based on his key swipe when he entered the elevator. So that up to now, perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Anthony stated that when he went into the apartment, he noticed that Phoebe was not home. So Anthony also noticed that there was broken glass on the floor and Phoebe's purse, keys, and wallet on the kitchen counter. Why would be broken glass though? Mm-hmm. So along with the broken glass though, guess what was on the floor? Oh, uh, what? There was also blood on the floor and on the computer keyboard and on the mouse of the computer. So this is a computer that they had in the apartment that they both shared. Mm-hmm. And there was like droplets of blood. Okay. So okay. clearly, yeah, that seems very suspicious. Mm-hmm. So Anthony stated that at that time he was concerned. So do you want to know what he did next? Yeah. Uh, you're going to surprise me, I'm sure. What did he do? So he used the computer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And check some email, you know. You know. <laughs> And police were able to tell that he did log onto the computer at around 6.19 p.m., which means he had been in the apartment for nearly 10 minutes when he logged into the computer, okay? Mm-hmm. So he logs into the computer, has a beer, and then guess what he does? <laughs> Get a bite to eat? He orders takeout for himself. You're kidding. <laughs> so he's so concerned, but, wow. you know, yeah. I'm hungry. I mean, I guess. I mean, you put yourself in those shoes, right? Right, there's like we always glass, say, you never know. Weird. Like, there's blood. Maybe you don't think it's blood. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say how much was there. Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, you see something there, I would think that'd be really odd. Well, especially for somebody, again, remember, somebody that likes everything in order. That's true. That thing would have been but cleaned let me, up. But let me use the computer and say there's yeah, blood there's on there. No I way. mean, I'm sure he cleaned up. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't find that in my research, but I'm sure he probably cleaned it. I don't know. Like, if you're so picky about any little thing being out of order, why would you touch something that's like, yeah, you know, that. it's like, ooh, yeah, that's I'm not gross. That cleaning and things. Yeah, and I would, I don't know. I would think that even for somebody like that, them walking in and seeing broken glass all over the place, I would almost feel like that would make him mad. Yeah. Because it sounded like place. she was just very free spirited, like she would leave clutter into her. Or a mess, quote unquote, but to her, maybe it wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know? So obviously I would feel like something like that would bother a person like him. He'd probably flip out that it was on the computer. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay. So Anthony had no idea that anything was wrong with Phoebe until the delivery man told him that when he was walking into the building, that there were police officers downstairs and he was like, Hey man, you know, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So concerned over his girlfriend, Phoebe... Anthony walks downstairs to talk to police officers, and that's when police officers told Anthony that they had found a body in the trash chute room. Okay, so they told Anthony that the body was found in the trash chute room. Mm-hmm. What happens next? What conclusion is he coming to? Does he, have, does he think that it's her or just some random person? So when he walks down, so keep in mind the delivery man, you know, knocks on the door, delivers his food, and tells him, Hey, you know, there's 
all this commotion downstairs. There's all these police officers. Do you know what's going on? Right. And kind of like apologizes. I read that the delivery man kind of apologized, like saying, I had a hard time like getting into the building because of whatever's going on downstairs. So your food might be cold. Like, I apologize for that. Yeah. Um, so after the delivery man leaves, he puts the food down and Anthony walks down to see what's going on. And he asked police officers, like, hey, I live here. I'm on the 12th floor. You know, can you tell me what's going on? Or, you know, and police officers tell him, well, we found a body in the trash chute room. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Anthony tells police officers, well, that's strange. You know, my, my girlfriend has been missing. I hmm. came home and she's been missing. Her purse is there. Her keys are, like, she, I, don't, I don't know where I don't she's know where at. She is. yeah. And that's when police officers start asking him, well, can you give us some description of your girlfriend? Like, does she have any tattoos or any any marks that we would be able to identify her by? Sure, and right. he gives police officers, tells them, you know, she has a tattoo um, in this area and she has another tattoo in this area and she has a... Um, upper lip piercing like you know um those studs that goes like on the upper you know Mm kind of like a beauty mark i think it's called he says that to police officers police officers go into the the trash room and they determine like okay this female does have those tattoos she also has that upper um lip piercing and they come back outside and they talk to anthony some more and they say you do you have a recent picture of your girlfriend that you can show us? Mm-hmm. And then they walk upstairs to his apartment. He shows them a picture of Phoebe. And that's when police officers make the determination of, I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's your girlfriend. That's her. Wow. And then that's when he decided to get on the phone and call Phoebe's dad and tell him what was going on. Like, hey, you better get down here and tell him, you know? Which... It's interesting because I read that supposedly Anthony had ordered takeout from the same restaurant that Phoebe, Phoebe's dad, and Anthony were supposed to go to dinner that same night. What? Mm-hmm. So he happened to call that same restaurant where they were supposedly going to meet. They had dinner yeah. plans that same evening. Order, uh-huh. order takeout because he figured, well, I don't know where she's at. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. And then later, you know, finds out what happened, calls Phoebe's dad, tells him, obviously this is why it didn't sit well with the family. Like, why would Phoebe commit suicide when she had plans that day? Yeah. They, you know, she wouldn't have missed that. It it was just, it all seemed very odd to the family from day one. Yeah, seemed like him ordering takeout for one from the same restaurant he had plans to go to Mm -hmm. before. Makes you think that, no, well, he knew that he wasn't going to go. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. So police officers go up to Phoebe and Anthony's apartment, and they tested one of the blood drippings in the apartment. And one out of the two drinking glasses that were in the kitchen counter. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But police officers said that, you know, well, not at that moment, but later on, you know, it proved that the DNA on one of those drinking glasses actually did come back with Phoebe's DNA, and so did the blood. Okay. Okay. 
So toxicology report also showed that Phoebe's alcohol level was three times the legal driving limit. Oh, okay. So toxicology also showed that she had high levels of prescription drugs in her system. And Phoebe had been suffering from depression. So she had been seeing a psychologist and Phoebe was on antidepressants. So that, you know, didn't seem that odd. It was known she was suffering from depression. But along with that antidepressants and the high level of alcohol in her system, toxicology also showed that she had taken Stillnox, which is a sleeping pill. Oh, so this is like a bad combination. Yeah. So a lot of booze, antidepressants, mm-hmm. and a sleeping pill? Right. That's not good. So the pathologist's report also showed that there was no major trauma to her internal organs. But even though there was no major trauma to her internal organs, the pathologist's report did indicate that she had suffered, or I'm sorry, that she had fractured her upper left femur. And she had extensive bruising to her buttocks. Hmm. And along with the bruising on her buttocks, Phoebe also had bruising on her neck, wrists, and upper arm. So I have a fun fact for you. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. So, Jose, do you know what the femur is? I do, but I would love for you to tell me. Okay. So the femur is your thigh bone, and the head of the femur is what's connected to your pelvic bone. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know this or if a lot of our listeners know this, but the femur bone are the femur bones are one of the strongest bones of the body. So for her to have fractured her femur. It had to be really bad. Mm-hmm. I see you're getting here. Yeah. So that's a little fun fact about that the femur. That's a good fact. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So at this point, with all our injuries, does that does police really think that that adds up to Like, was it foul play involved? Was she maybe hurt before being shoved down the trash Mm -hmm. chute? What are they thinking at this point? Well, we'll get there and I'll tell you. But um, to answer your question, no, they think that this is a suicide. You're kidding. (laughs) No. How? (laughs) Okay, tell me more details. (laughs) So Phoebe's death was ruled a suicide right away. But later it was changed to a bizarre accident. To a bizarre accident mm-hmm. Hmm. that had to have been brought on by the alcohol and the sleeping pill still notes. I mean, that's an easy thing to fall back on, but that doesn't add up. There's blood inside the the room, mm-hmm. like inside the apartment, right? And and her injuries are pretty severe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, who knows how bad it is going down a trash chute, twelve floors, but mm-hmm. I mean, a broken femur, right? So. Just like you, Phoebe's family refused to believe the same thing. They were like, there's just no way that Phoebe would commit suicide or that even, you know, the alcohol and a sleeping pill could cause her to climb into a trash chute. Yeah, it's not like you're just falling. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's like, well, what do you mean? So she's so intoxicated she was able to climb the trash chute. You know, yeah. I, I don't, it just, yeah. So yeah, it makes no sense. Right. Just like you, her family refused to believe it. But... Lucky for the family, Phoebe's grandfather, Lauren Campbell, was a retired police detective of nearly 30 years. And the suicide ruling of his granddaughter's case, which was then changed to bizarre accident due to her alcohol level, 
did not sit well with Mr. Campbell. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, Lauren Campbell started to investigate his granddaughter's death. He got in contact with the same manufacturer that made the trash chute for the apartment building and made a replica of the trash chute. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, he was going to try and reconstruct what police officers said, how Phoebe was able to fit, get this, into this 37 centimeter by 22 centimeter opening, which... You know, let me just put this into perspective. Yeah, as I'm calculating. For, yeah, for some people. So those dimensions is 14 and a half inches by eight and a half inches. So pretty much it's slightly bigger than your standard laptop. Wow. Okay, so just... A body fit through that it, opening? Exactly. That's what was so hard for that. And especially not, not just the body, but... Supposedly, she's, you know, really intoxicated and she has a sleeping pill. You know, they're saying that she can climb up to this little space and fit herself into this. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like, I, how? The trash chute, it's not like, oh, it's it's down. It's not low. Yeah, it's not low. It's at, like, what, like, chest level, I would think. You know, it's it's a little bit higher. So, literally, you'd have to climb up there to... I don't know about... Yeah, yeah I yes. Mean, maybe. Yeah, right. to... Fit your whole body, especially feet first. Feet first? Well, yeah. She went in feet first. It wasn't head. So, again, that's what's not making sense. Because, you know, I don't know. I don't know that this would be anybody's choice to commit suicide this way. But if they're saying she committed suicide like this, I'm thinking, okay, let me open up the trash chute, you know, door. Yeah. And go in head first. I don't know. That would be, I guess, my intuition. Not that I would ever want to go through a trash chute. But... No, they're saying she climbed up into this thing and then just oh, lit just right now. It makes no sense at all. Right. It, it kind of reminds me of the Rebecca Zahal case all over again. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. Like a suicide that just doesn't make sense that it's mm-hmm. a suicide at all. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they changed it to a bizarre accident. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to prove, you know, what we're saying, like how there's no way. How could she Yeah, it just do doesn't that? make any logical sense. Mm-hmm. Lauren Campbell used two of Phoebe's friends that were around the same height and weight as Phoebe. And Lauren asked them to try and climb into the trash chute feet first. Mm -hmm. And I sent you the video of it. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it or not, but we'll go ahead and post on onto our website for our listeners to see. It was interesting to see because Lauren Campbell discovered that one of Phoebe's friends was able to fit into the trash chute. Really? Mm-hmm. But the other friend, her shoulders were too broad. Okay. For the small opening. Yeah, 14. I'm mean, keep on looking at my shoulders, and there's just no way. Right. <laughs> 14 and a half inches. So, now, keep in mind, one friend was able to make it through, okay? Mm-hmm. But the way that she was able to make it through was with her arms behind her head. So... Not like her arms to her side or any, like her arms had to be above her head. Yeah, okay? like up. Right. So even though Lauren's experiment concluded that both friends were able to fit in the trash chute, only one of them was able to actually fall all the way through. Mm-hmm. This left even more questions for Lauren. Like, for example, why weren't Phoebe's fingerprints found on the trash chute or around the trash chute? Really? There was no fingerprints on no them? No fingerprints. 
not even the door, like the little trash chute door, like that you, you know, the little handle that you pull on. That's nothing. Okay. Super weird. Right. So how is there no fingerprints? Because when he watched both of Phoebe's friends trying to fit into this small opening, they were putting their hands all over the trash chute door and opening yeah, and the wall in there. to try to climb up, hold the door open, because the door had a little spring that would shut it. Like if you let go of it, it would just slam shut. Yeah. So it so was to try to hold that right, down. Right. Try too. to hold it. Let me climb into it. The, their hands were all over the place, but there's no fingerprints. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Another interesting observation that he also made was if that trash chute spring that I was just telling you about, every time the door closed while they were trying to fit into the trash chute, it kept on closing on them, especially like around on their fingers. So why was there no bruising on Phoebe's fingers? Yeah, it's making no sense. Mm-hmm. Could it be that she was asleep and somebody... Put her through the trash chute? I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking at this point. <laughs> right. So something else that's strange about this is that Phoebe was found to have very little to no dirt on her hands and clothes, which strange because police officers made a note to say how filthy the trash chute was. Really? But there's hardly any... Dirt on her hands oh, or man. her clothes. I have a question, and I'm not sure if you know this yet, mm-hmm. but was there another opening into the trash chute room, like a door? I'm assuming. I there had to be I, another. Entrance. I believe it was it was like a little like a little room. Like the best way I can describe it is like think of like in a house if they have like a laundry room, quote unquote. Yeah, you just open it, and then there, all it is is the the, the washing machine and yeah, the dryer. You. So instead of here, the so it's something room. like that. It's just the okay. trash chute. Open it, throw your trash in there. Yeah. So something else that the family couldn't understand is that supposedly Phoebe was falling down the trash chute at 52 miles per hour. 52 miles per hour? Yeah. Like it's a complete down free fall, they're saying. Which means that at that speed, Phoebe probably didn't even have time to think of using her hands to break her fall, right? Or to try even move her arms around the chute. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're saying, oh, she must have broken her. Like she put pressure and she must. That's why there's no really like damage to her internal organs or. But if she's going at such high speed. Yeah. And Lauren Campbell's experiment proved that, yes, it's possible for somebody her height, her weight to fit into the trash chute. However, the arms, there's no way the arms are moving. They're up above her head. Yeah. There's you can't move them down. Right. You know? It's yeah, it's just it's a just very narrow small. yeah, it's a very narrow space. Here's another thing. If Phoebe was falling at that speed, wouldn't her shirt have ridden up? Oh yeah, because her feet yeah, feet down, definitely. You'd think. Or being caught on something. Mm-hmm. A rough edge. I mean there's twelve floors mm-hmm. of going through that small confined space. Mm-hmm. Wow. At high speed. Right. Well, the reason why I'm asking about her shirt is because, once again, that was not the case for Phoebe. If anything, when they found her body, they found that her pants were around her knees. What? Right. 
So her shirt didn't ride up. There was hardly any dirt on her clothes, especially on like the back part of her shirt. Yeah. But again, if you're going at that high speed, your shirt would ride up. Yeah. There's just how? Unless I mean, think, it, of, think about it. Think of first. like if you went like on a really high slide and I'm wearing a tank top or a t-shirt. Yeah, that's going to ride up. Yeah. You know, think of like if you're in a on a water slide. But why the pants? You know, that means it is exactly you're going head first, but the pants are the one it yeah, right. It, no it doesn't make all. sense. <laughs> right. So once again, that raised flags of foul play. Along with the lack of dirt that we just talked about, that's not how Coroner Peter White saw it as. Okay. Coroner Peter White saw it as well, the combination of the alcohol with the antidepressants the sleeping pill in her system is what made this bizarre accident a possibility. So he's saying if it wasn't for all that that was in her system, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But she was kind of walking in this like dazed, didn't know what she was doing state. That, and that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> right. I mean, well, it just seems according like According to him, it does. Yeah, no. Sorry, it doesn't. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, we're not the only ones that see it as hey, coroner, Peter White, there's no way. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, Mr. White, you need to no. revisit this. You need to readdress but, this. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Um, when I was doing my research, though, I found this, I, I felt like it was a very um, heartbreaking statement that Phoebe's grandfather had made. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it to you. It just, well, let me just read it to you. Lauren Campbell, Phoebe's grandfather's statement is, and I quote, The instances of police failings in this case, in which evidence was variously missed, not sought, not photographed, not secured, or not noted, and therefore lost for all time, were numerous and more so than I had originally known about. Nearly every day of the inquest during the police evidence, Fresh deficiencies were revealed, some quite major. As a retired police officer, I was amazed and disappointed. The South Melbourne detective to whom the homicide squad flicked past the case after a few days did the best he could in the circumstances. But too much had been lost by the time to permit a proper thoroughgoing result. This was a death which may have been a homicide. Perhaps we will never know, but the evidence to this point is not conclusive and is only capable of justifying an open finding. Coroner White's handling of this, in my opinion, decidedly suspicious death has resulted in findings which are not justified by the evidence on the balance of probabilities. I am disgusted by the absurdity of the findings and by the shortcomings of the police who had control of the initial action phase. They have seriously undermined my confidence in both the judiciary of this state and Victoria Police, two institutions I once held in a high regard." End quote. That is a serious statement. Very serious. And it's just, it's heartbreaking because Again, he was a detective for 
30 years. 30 years. Yeah. So for him to, obviously, yeah, he held them at a very high standard. And for something like this, yeah, to happen to him and just... granddaughter right and, and then he had to go investigate this on his own and re and find yeah this mm-hmm. find all event. the wrongings that they did from day one to you know i'm sure that in the very beginning he probably thought no she this isn't suicide but it's okay they'll see that and for them to just right away roll it no it's suicide you know i'm sure he had faith in the system and the system failed him yeah and then after that instead was a bizarre accident Mm-hmm. And, come on. Yeah. Okay, so I know that was all, you know, a big mystery case. Yeah, no kidding. Right? But I'm not done. What do you mean? So let me just tell you about a mysterious death that occurred on June 24th, 2018. Okay. Bailey Snyder was 25 years old, and at the time Bailey was dating Anthony you kidding 52 years old for nine months the night before her alleged suicide quote unquote bailey had attended a barbecue with anthony where they got into an argument and it's believed that anthony was one of the final people to speak to bailey before her alleged suicide So it's believed that the next morning, Bailey and Anthony's argument was still weighing on her. And while her parents were out, she had poured herself a glass of wine, smoked a cigarette, and toxicology report also showed traces of cocaine in her blood system. When Bailey's parents, Cameron and Sabine, arrive home to find Bailey slumped against the cupboard with a gold cord tied around her neck. What? Mm Mm-hmm. So Bailey was unconscious on the kitchen floor. Investigators initially ruled it a suicide. How? A gold mm. cord? Yeah. Gold but not cord. hanging. She slumped over. Yeah. Like we... mm-hmm. Okay. But that <laughs> conclusion was hard to accept for Bailey's parents as well. They just like do. how like... all of us. But they said there was no obvious signs of how she could have ended her life. Bailey's parents said there was no suicide note, no obvious place for her to hang a rope by, and they didn't understand how or why Bailey would take out a life insurance policy three weeks prior to this happening. Yeah, she's 25 years old. Mm -hmm. That's the last thing you're thinking about at 25 years old. Mm -hmm. Bailey's death remains unsolved and no suspects have been named in the case and from what i read in an article on the daily mail australia it seemed like the case had been referred to a homicide unit for further investigation so it seems like this case is still open there's no suspects and you know like i said we don't like to draw conclusions so obviously i'm not saying that Anthony hamble had anything to do with either Phoebe's murder or Bailey's murder, but it it does kind of make you raise your eyebrow. It's an odd coincidence. Right. Very odd coincidence. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at podcast truecrimeweekly. 
And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.